the IBM Z applications and runtime podcasts. Your place to get the news, trends and direction for mainframe runtimes and environments. So hello and welcome to another episode from our Application Platform Talks podcast series. I'm Nick Garrett, and this is where we chat to experts involved in the runtimes and we talk about topics in their areas of expertise that we hope you find interesting. Now, to help me in this quest, I'm joined by Toby Leica. So, Toby, thank you for joining me today. Hello, greetings from Germany. And today, our focus is going to be on Z APIs, how these APIs are being used to deploy on Z machines now, and we're going to take a look into the future. So our guide in this journey today is Anthony Papagiorgio, the technical strategy lead for integration on IBM Z. So, Tony, thank you for agreeing to talk to us today. That's not a problem, Nick. It's my pleasure. Thank you very much. So this recording will be made available at ibm.biz forward slash Z podcasts. And you'll find many more Z-related recordings there in other areas of IBM Z development. Now, I've known Tony for quite a long time. And back in the days of Angry Birds and Half Words, when I think you and along with Isabel Arnold, it's a name we've mentioned before in this series of podcasts, you really started to change the titling and presentation styles of sessions at conferences. But for the benefit of our listeners... Could you give us a brief recap of how you became involved with IBM and IBM Z and give us a roadmap to becoming a technical strategy lead for IBM Z integration? Okay, that's a really big question, Nick. Um, so, I mean, there, there's no there's no grand plan here. There's a lot of happy accidents, but I'll, I'll try and sort of give you the abridged version, I guess. Um So I think it all starts... Um, so I, I did a computer science degree at at university and I, I kind of left university in, um, in 2006. Uh, so I was sort of looking for a job around 2006, 2007. And anyone who was around back then remembers that that was the, the sort of first murmurings of the financial crisis. It was actually quite difficult to get a job, even if you had a, a nice, uh, you know, technical degree. And um, so me and my friend in a similar situation, was just grab any job you can get. And we got, you know, okay jobs. I got a job working web development for a small company in, in London uh, and didn't like it very much. It was sort of, uh, you know, culture wasn't that great. It was quite a small company. If you wanted a promotion, you had to uh, sort of wait for a guy to leave and there's already three guys above you in line for it. So, you know, my friend was having a similar experience. And so we sort of said, well, you know, let's let's do something a little bit naughty. Let's just get a week to our six month probation, and then just give a week's notice and leave, and go travelling on the on the proceeds. And so we sort of decided to do this. It's not a great idea for your career in retrospect, but we were kind of young and stupid. Anyway, went back back in for three months and uh, sort of various places around the world, which was great fun. But got back from that, and bizarrely, had sort of decided that yes despite everything I've seen um, and experienced, I still really want to work in IT and coding and engineering. Um, but I decided I don't want to do it in London because I'm fed up of tube and crowds and um, and, and the culture there. So uh, 
I was now and I want to do it for a big company and that sort of narrows down your options somewhat in in the UK and as I was starting to look around a few places Hursley really caught my eye so I was like okay lovely big lab in the countryside IBM's a massive company lots of opportunity um you know they work on all sorts of things so that's going to be really interesting so I applied there um and luckily got given a job and you know, turned up on my first day and sort of reported into, you know, this is your manager, this is where you're going to be. And they say, ah, hello, uh, welcome to Kix. And I'm like, oh, what is this? You know, oh, and it, it runs on a mainframe. And, you know, this was something that until then I was only aware of in kind of Mission Impossible films. And uh, I was like, okay, um, well, it sounds very exciting. And then over the, the next few months, I sort of found it to be uh, perhaps not as exciting as I thought it was going to be. Um, you know, there was a lot of stuff on on green screens, and to me at the time, looked very old fashioned rather than rather than high tech. So, if I'm being honest, I was uh, trying to leave uh, that that team first chance I got. Um, but actually, it was it, it was kind of interesting that you know, as you know, every time we got to the end of a project or the end of a release. Um, uh, I think what was my first job? I think it was um, testing uh, Java support on Kix three two at the time, and they. It, it, I always started to look around. You know, what else is going on in Hursley? And you know, is there anything more exciting going on? And interestingly, there was always a more exciting job or more interesting piece of engineering happening in Kix or or on Z than there was elsewhere. Um, I think. Over time, I, I was sort of learning that you, you know, kicks and, and and mainframe is something that's used in, in so many places and so many important applications, and it, it you kind of have to bring a really high standard of engineering to to the projects, which is quite interesting. Um, whereas you look elsewhere and you sort of see the things that were going on, it always seemed to be you know, grab all these bits of open source and tie it together with duct tape. You didn't get to really do anything very interesting. Whereas Kix was always sort of, okay, there's this thing, um, you know, reference your um, mention of Angry Birds and Half Words. You know, it was the time when we were doing Web 2.0 support and, and Atom feeds. And it was like, okay, there's this thing going on called Atom feeds and RSS feeds. Uh, we want to be able to do that from Kix data. And, and you know, that, poses a lot of interesting engineering challenges you sort of have to marry uh, a sort of a, a you know quite quite an old world you got to understand that in depth with with all of the new concepts you've got to understand things on both sides of the fence and kind of work out how you're going to bring them together and it's it, you're always working on something that's you know typically never been done and you've got to do it at a standard that can deal with you know, thousands, tens of thousands of requests per second be extremely secure, extremely robust. So I sort of likened it to, you know, it felt more like you were working on building skyscrapers and, you know, massive bridges rather than working on building, you know, a, a house or, you know, an extension. Um, so it was, it kind of got more and more interesting. Yeah, so I think that's how, how I landed in, in the business. Um and I've kind of done various uh, jobs uh, from, from there. Um, you know, obviously, Nick, you know, I got the the opportunity quite early on to to speak at conferences, and you know, I, I think for me that was quite important. And you start to speak to you know the customers and the people working in the industry, and you see 
the the importance of everything that's going on and you know all of the really interesting cool projects that that are happening and i think got to a point where it's like okay i'm i'm just going to stay here because <laughs> this is stuff that you know really excites me i think you make an interesting point there tony about the conferences and actually getting to hear from customers who are using your product for their livelihood it it gives you a, a different insight and especially if you've come from uh, a background that's not so mainframe oriented and then come into it and it's it's all a little bit baffling perhaps mm-hmm. uh, until you get to grips with it but then to actually hear from the customers how they're utilizing what you're doing in a very real way which i i remember w- when you were doing that angry angry birds presentation it really encapsulated how to move on to the next step on that yeah that was all around um i think that was at the time mobile banking was becoming yeah. quite big and i you know we did it it was off the back of a red book if i remember rightly that we'd done where i'd written a an android app that passed an atom feed of banking transactions and kind of gave you a nice interface to it and, and that was all quite interesting at the time and then you see that blow up i mean how you know nowadays you know everyone's using a a mobile banking app and you think wow you know that's that's something i was a part of it's kind of inception you're working with companies of how they're going to do this and how they're going to work out how to approach this in a a secure and scalable way and now you know everyone you know is is doing it and it's you know the impact you kind of get to have on the world working on the platform is is quite profound sometimes when you step back and look at it um as, as strangely as it started with a rather uh, juvenile presentation with some uh, yeah probably some artwork that i wasn't allowed to use but uh yeah so so now after after you've done all this this stuff in in your earlier days in ibm mm. so so w- what happened then next you you got interested in all this integration thing mm. And you're still working with it, as Nick introduced. So, so, so what happened then, and what is it you do today? Yeah, so it's a really good question. So, uh, you know, as I said, yeah, I think the thing that really started to interest me, all the projects that I got drawn to, were the things where we were, you know, tying together the old world and the new world. You know, how do we update this? How do we bring this forward? And that kind of led to some interesting twists and turns, which I won't bore you with. But at, at one point or another, I, I took a a step to do development management so uh, managing a development team rather than writing the code myself and so went to the dark side oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> took the dark turn as it were um yeah sort of and uh but at that time we were uh what was it i was doing i was the um i was sort of leading a few teams so it was the the, the kicks cloud support you know the app and platform stuff um the, the java support and a, a, a portion of the uh kicks explorer team at, at the time um and then uh, there, there was a point where i was uh, i was actually traveling around the nordics and quite a intense schedule for um uh, large um the large systems conference they have in the the winter there and you, you sort of it, instead of getting people to come travel to one conference they just make the speakers travel around to a different place every day and present the same thing um in, in a different location but you you end up with two weeks of you know traveling every single day to a different place and you're doing it in the winter in the nordic so you never see the sun 
um it's it's quite draining and I remember one morning I got a phone call at about 7 a.m from my director at the time um Dave Jeffries and he said I've got an idea for you you know how does this this thing called ZOS Connect sound and didn't really know what this was at the time and couldn't really think straight but they were looking for a development manager for you know what was apparently this uh, new exciting project which should always approach with some skepticism I guess um but yeah I I sort of gave it some thought and you know they were saying okay this is going to be the thing that um, provides uh, rest api access to and from everything on on the z platform and i thought okay that sounds right up my street so i took that on as as a dev manager and then have since moved into uh being the uh, the, the product manager for for that project so looking more on the, the business side and the, the finance and the sales and how we um go about that so yeah and so effectively that's that's grown i mean anyone who knows that that project sort of grown with leaps and bounds and we're now at the point where i think we're uh i believe we're the market leading solution for rest api enabling anything on the platform um which has been quite exciting to to be a part of and of course that was wider than kicks as well wasn't it It yeah yeah so that's um i mean mean, out of the box we'll do kicks ims db2 mq uh batch applications but there's actually an extensible interface there so we partner with um, a number of third parties to allow us to do you know if you want to access vsan data for instance or um you know you, you want a, a rest interface to a 3270 terminal you know there's ways of doing that with with third party technology that plugs on the back of us but um, the aim was really just getting that single consistent way of doing that across the platform rather than what seemed to be about to happen at the time, which was, you know, everyone, you know, every subsystem trying to do it their own way. Um, so, yeah, I think it was a... Which probably fits to your new role where you have the overall responsibility for <laughs> all of integration, isn't it? Yes. Um, so, and, and this is very, very recent. So try not to ask me any hard questions. But um, yeah, I've, I've recently taken on the, yeah, the role to sort of own integration strategy across the platform, which... I sort of see as sort of taking two steps. So it's taking a step back towards technology and back towards my uh, roots, you know, and away from the business side. Um, and rather than giving up ZOS Connect, it's more just adding new, uh, you know, a, a larger set of products in, into my focus. Um, so I, I did that about, you know, six weeks ago. So it's, you know, it's all still very new. I'm still doing a lot of handover and I sort of got a foot you know, still very much in the, the product management side for Zeros Connect because um, you can't just um, up and leave. Um, but, you know, as we're looking across that, we're trying to think about, you know, we, we did something very good with Zeros Connect, as you said, and getting that consistency across the platform of how we were approaching a particular integration challenge. And we're now trying to look at, well, what are the next integration challenges? What are the things that, you know, perhaps we're about to try and do in five or six different ways across the platform that we could maybe, um, you know, apply the same approach to and say, well, we should do this in one way consistently. So, yeah, that was, there was a kind of a gap there and that no one was thinking about those things. And, you know, the, the answer can't always be ZOS Connect because, <laughs> you know, it's, it maybe doesn't make sense for 
um, you know, certain styles of integration. But yeah, I, sort of broadening out into that space is uh, something that I think fits very well. It's a very natural next step from from what I'm what I was doing. Cool. So you become a researcher, kind of then. Or yeah, yeah. There's a lot, actually. a lot of just uh, talking to the teams and understanding what products we've got in what spaces and the trends they're seeing. And uh, next few months, we'll probably be talking to a, a lot of customers about what they see, you know, what challenges they see in the space, and you know, we'll, we'll work from there on, in terms of what might come. So, so before we come back to the trends, that will be another question. Yeah, Now sure. That, you, that you've been in this area for quite some time, how would you say was the change from Tony starting IBM saying, ooh, everything's green screen, that's annoying, to <laughs> Tony now the integration lead? What do you think changed on that? Wow. Um, I mean, it's night and day. Um, I think, as I said, you know, and I, I won't be shy about it when I joined, it, it was kind of... Uh, sucky for someone coming from university and, and sort of seeing being used to working on I mean at the time it was you know Eclipse and you know we were learning about modern practices and agile and you sort of you, you joined it was every you know everything seemed to be on this this green screen it was clunky and you had to go and you know speak to these sort of wizard gurus who knew the magic incantations to get anything done um you know and you must learn them you know keystroke perfect you didn't really understand what they did but if you got it wrong you got yourself into really weird states um and nowadays everything is is far more modern you know I, i look at what the development teams are doing now and they're you know they're using like vs code or whatever editor they want to sort of you know write write their code uh they're using you know a command the zoe command line to spin up a kicks region Uh, you know, or an Ansible playbook. It's all very much more in line with what the rest of the industry is doing. And I think um, culturally things have changed a lot as well. Um, when I joined, certainly the, the focus was always on, you know, the sort of the low level engineering that was kind of king. Uh, you know, if you can talk about how you can save uh, a few instructions per call or, you know, save some MIPS or, Uh, you know, make something more efficient. That was really the the entire focus of, of, of the conversation. How do we just build the technology better? I think, you know, we've been on a, a bit of a journey within the Kicks team, and I think that's reflected the journey that a lot of our customers have, have been on as well. And we've transitioned to, um, you know, we moved away from waterfall into an agile way of working. We introduce design thinking to think much more about user experience uh, you know not just about technology and uh, and also sort of bringing in uh, we call it like three in the box like everything is it has yes you know technical engineering side is very important but you've also got a ux side the designer and you've got a business side and everyone has to come together around you know this this, this kind of three-pronged approach to anything that we we do um, and now you know we're bringing in continuous delivery um, And, and those kind of practices as well. So, you know, ZOS Connect ships uh, an update, the new function every month. Uh, I think Kicks are doing quarterly now, which is amazing to see see them get to that. And, you know, our, our customers are sort of doing the same thing. I think the really interesting thing is you know, all, all those days at conferences, you used to feel like um, in the early days, you sort of any conference that was not just a Z-specific conference and you had like Z-tracks and other tracks, 
and you always felt like stepping into a different world, you know, a completely different language set mm-hmm. and issues going on in the Z track compared to what people, you know, if you ever strayed out, say, oh, let's just go to this other session over here. And, and it's sort of, you know, they're, they're talking about very different things. Whereas nowadays you sort of say, okay, I'll go to the more general sessions, you know, and they're talking about, you know, GitOps and AI and, you know, OpenShift, Red Hat. Ansible, and then you go into the Z track, and they're talking about GitOps and AI and OpenShift and Ansible. So I, I think we're, we're now at a place where Z is—it's is, just another—you know—it's just another platform in the IT real estate is completely on board and kind of relevant uh, to to today's IT landscape. And I think you just sort of end up looking at it as it, it's a, a very powerful engine for a particular type of workload that demands you know industrial levels of of compute and and update power so yeah it's sort of i think we've got some exciting years ahead as uh some of uh, that technology starts to uh bed in with the customer so 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 when you say exciting years ahead what what do you think will be next even though you're just short into research area now but but what do you think are the big trends that that will happen next Big, big questions. In, just in the integration space or more generally? I think that the integration space is Yeah, fine. okay. Don't, don't step outside the role. Um, so I think it, it's kind of a hard one to answer. As I said, I'm just, you know, getting, you know, the feelers into the right places to understand uh, what's what's going on, what the themes are and the, the issues are. One of the things that already seems apparent is that security seems to be a, a common Uh, a common theme and and something that ends up having to be configured and done in in, in sort of different ways in different places and what what i mean by that is it, it's it's as you and everyone says security that's a security issue not an integration issue and what, what i'm talking about is as you call into the platform or call out the platform you're often crossing a security boundary so you're you're coming from uh security domains typically owned by like an ldap server Uh, or a centralized distributed security authority, and then you're stepping into a world that's now owned by, uh, you know, SAF Security or RACF, something like that, and and that's quite challenging, right? I, you know, in 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 one world, I'm coming in with a JWT token or a JWT token, depending what part of the world you're in, and and you, you you're coming into the platform, and that's got details of who you are and and what permissions you should have through various claims. And then, you know, how do we transition that and honor that on a platform that, you know, where we we have this, so we want to just map that to an identity and we do that in lots of different ways and the configuration of that's very, very different across the platform. So I, I think that's a big area that um, is sort of, you know, in, in my sights of uh, how, how do we get some consistency there. But look, looking beyond that, I think some of the things that will be interesting uh kafka is definitely getting a lot of interest for doing you know uh, sort of event streaming and async kind of integration patterns i get asked a lot about you know what's going to be the big rest killer um and uh you know I, i think rest is here to stay for quite a while if you look at you know where it's sitting in the market and the interest it gets it's, it's not going anywhere anytime soon uh but there does seem to be certainly for more high performance workloads um grpc seems to be coming into favor i think graphql kind of came and went 
uh, but never say never on that. Um, but it seems to be tricky in enterprise scenarios because you're effectively giving power to the client to uh, sort of devise their own queries and people get nervous with that with you know large mm. transactional data sets because, oh, that might be really inefficient. And um, so, you know, but never say never. There might be constructs and, that come along in there that deal with that problem. Um, but it's quite a nice pattern for data access if you put that aside. But yeah, I think, you know, aside from that, I think Z being that there's a lot of stuff with the technology in Z and the hardware that are allowing it to sort of be the platform where you do sort of encryption, where you do AI, where you do, um, you know, transactional <clears throat> management. Um, so I think it's got a role to play, you know, either as being, you, know, you can imagine central security authority you can imagine uh you know it is the host for running uh sort of ai models at uh you know a very high throughput it could be when you look at transactional patterns on distributed systems and you sort of bring in sort of saga patterns and um and sort of long running actions they all somewhat depend on there being a uh, sort of completely robust, 100% reliable and recoverable uh, coordinator across all of the, uh, the the sort of tasks that are happening in the, in that that piece of work, and you sort of look at that and go, and that's one of the biggest problems right now in 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 cloud with sort of doing distributed transactions is that you know this if this sort of manager this this transaction manager fails, um, then the whole thing is sort of you know, put in, in, in doubt and can end up in a sort of unrecoverable state. So you look at that and say, well, why wouldn't that be something that you know would would run on a Z box uh, and allow transactions to happen around that, not just on the platform? Um, that could be uh, quite interesting. And then, of course, you know, you can't talk about the future without mentioning the Q word. So you know, I'll say it's quantum. Um, or whether or not we get some new integration pattern that emerges for calling quantum systems and descri- you know, describing uh you know probabilistic results or or something like that you, n- you never know but um yeah it, it's still early days i think for me security and kafka are probably top of my list to go and investigate thank you tony that that was really interesting um i do wonder what that web company up in london is doing these days without <laughs> this uh, insight but uh, there, there you go um I'd just like to say, if there's a topic that our listeners would like to hear about more about in the future, uh, please let Toby or myself uh, know, and we'll get an expert along for a talk on one of these uh, future podcasts and hopefully enlighten us all. And once more, one last time, this recording will be made available along with the rest of the Application Platform Talks series, and that will be hosted at ibm.biz forward slash Z podcasts. We're always adding to the collection, so check back regularly. Until next time, thank you, Tony. Thank you, Toby. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure as usual. Thanks very much, Nick. And uh, goodbye. Hear from you next time. Bye-bye.